This is the Living Numbers live stream. And the NBA playoffs are in full swing. We've got, I mean, let's first talk about the first round. The first round was awesome. I mean, you had what I think was probably the best series, even though it was a sweep, was Nets-Celtics. Every game was close. We had the buzzer beater in the first game. We had some of the best players in the world. And so I feel like that game was crazy. It was crazy. That series was crazy. And then you got Memphis and you got Minnesota. That series was awesome. And just those those young guys, Anthony Edwards is coming. Jai's here. And obviously the Grizzlies came out on top in six games, which I predicted. I got all my predictions right, actually. Uh, I, I picked the Celtics, and they won. I didn't think they was going to sweep. That's crazy. Um, if you pick the Celtics to win, I'm saying subscribe. Go ahead. We connected in that way. I didn't think Brooklyn had enough, and I was right. But a sweep, I don't think anybody was expecting a sweep. Sweep's crazy, especially when you got KD, you got Kyrie. Sweep is crazy. Uh, but then you look at Miami smacking the Hawks. I picked that one right in five. Atlanta definitely didn't want to smoke with Miami. Too much defensively, too much experience. And Miami brought the heat. Yeah, that's probably a little lame, but it's the truth. They 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 had nothing. They had nothing down there in Atlanta for Miami. So the Bucs beat the Bulls. We all knew that was going to happen. Five games. I think that's about right. Uh, let's give it up for DeMar DeRozan. Like, I don't think really anybody wanted this, this guy. Um, not for the price that the Bulls paid for him, but he showed up and he balled and he basically won that game by himself. Uh, if you, if you, uh, went on ahead and, um, and you pick the bucks, go ahead and, uh, share, share this thing out to some people that, you know, want to talk NBA and we can get it going. You can drop some some comments in the chat. Chat's live. Uh, talk to me. I talk back. Subscribe. The Living Numbers podcast is up on Spotify, YouTube, Apple, everywhere you listen to podcasts. But today we're just talking NBA, and we're getting ready for the second round, which should be an amazing second round. But, man, injury bug has really struck. It's tough to see teams without their best players, and you almost – Almost saw a team, I don't know if almost is really accurate, but the Pelicans really showed up and was kind of letting the Suns know, we're not going to out without a fight. You got CJ who has playoff experience. He's performed big time in the playoffs as well. Uh, You got somebody who's supremely talented in Brandon Ingram. He showed up. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas leads the NBA playoffs in rebounding. So, Obviously, he showed up, um, but they just didn't have enough. What's up, Sleepy T? Zerbiak! So, um, I really don't think that, uh, okay, he's got 76ers all the way. You are out of your mind if you think, if you think that James Harden is going to be good enough, especially with Embiid being out. Speaking of injuries, with Embiid being out, James Harden, you can't trust James Harden. 
Troy, make sure you tell Derek I said you can't trust James Harden. You just can't. We've seen it more than enough times. I've been saying it all year. And they're good enough to get you out of a first round against the Raptors who don't have a star, who don't have a number one. Pascal Siakam hooped. Fred Van Vliet got injured. Uh, but they didn't. They clearly didn't have enough. Um, but, yeah, they're going out. The Heat, they're going to apply pressure. But we're not making picks yet. I'm just doing a brief little recap. I'm Tony Rambles, your host of the Living Numbers Podcast. We're doing a brief recap of the first round in which I got all of the picks right for the most part. Now, there's one where a little bit of gray area where I didn't know how long Luca was going to be out. That's the only reason why I picked Jazz in six. But once Luca, but I, I prefaced it and said, if Luca comes back soon, I got the Mavs in six because you can't trust um, the Jazz either. I mean, unless they f- figure out the Rudy Gobert problem, it just, they're going to have to get rid of him, unfortunately. Let me go ahead and throw something in the chat. What up, though? Detroit style. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Jazz do this offseason because this is they're going to have to make some changes. And pretty much everybody is saying that uh, Rudy Gobert is gone. You don't get rid of a guy like Donovan Mitchell. He's too good. But Rudy Gobert, we've seen this uh, the show before. And it's just not going to, it's not going to cut it. 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 So, I mean, here we are. Uh, The Jazz will have to make some changes in the offseason. I think Rudy Gobert going to, I I really don't know where he's going to go. He really needs to go get a jump hook. That's what he needs to go do. And I talked about that before on my last pod or on the last live stream. So Luca is a dog. He is going to give, uh, who do they play? They play the Suns. He's going to give them all that they can handle. All that they can handle. I'm really high on Luca. I've talked about him in my episodes before. I am a huge Luca fan because he can do it all. He can do it all. Uh, so here we go. So now I'm live streaming on the wisdom app. That's cool. You guys can go follow me there as well. You can go listen there. And I live streamed my last episode with my wife on there as well. So that's fun. That's great stuff. So Luca is a dog. He's going to go crazy on the suns. It's really going to be interesting to see what, uh, guys like Mikael Bridges and Jay Crowder can do on him because he's big and he's tough. He can make shots. He'll take smaller guys in the post. He'll take bigger guys out and then just go past him. But um, he really put the jazz in the blender. And I think we all expected that once he got back that they would get rolling and the jazz would be gone soon. Golden State and Denver. That series was... Not much to see. I think it was it's, if you want to see a team that's dominant and that clicks on all cylinders and once they get the ball rolling, they get the ball rolling. That was a cool series to see. And to also see that one person cannot do it by themselves. Like Jokic is an amazing player. He's awesome. 
but he didn't have Jamal Murray. He didn't have Michael Porter Jr. If he did, I think that series would have been different. I actually predicted that 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 series was going to go six games. That's how much I like Joker. But nobody anticipated the Warriors going crazy like this. I didn't know if their young guys would really show up and be able to really hoop. Like, I like Jordan Poole, uh, University of Michigan. Shout out. Uh, I I thought he would be good. I didn't, even, I didn't know he would be this good. Um, you see a guy like Otto Porter Jr., who's kind of a journeyman. You see him come in and step up and get in great minutes. Uh, Clay Thompson is starting to look like Clay Thompson again. Uh, so that definitely made a massive difference. And then you even saw guys like Gary Payton Jr. come in and hoop. Uh, Andrew Wiggins obviously is going to be a two-way guy. He's going to have some impact on the game as well. Um, I like that we got to see uh, – what's his man? James Wiseman. Not James Wiseman. <laughs> I said James Wiseman. Jonathan Kuminga came in. I, I like that we got to see him because I feel like he's going to be a big part of what they do going forward, and he cannot be ignored. You need to get him experience as much as you can, especially in games where there are blowouts as well as games where uh, they got a handle on the series. They're up 3-1. You know, I, I believe he got in in that fifth game. So you definitely have to continue to – get guys like him in Moses Moody minutes because they're going to be important going forward. They're going to be important guys. And it's, you have to home grow your team. If you have to reset your team every year, kind of like the Lakers and then like the Nets may have to do a little bit, it's going to be difficult to, to have continuity one and then have guys that, that deeply care. And so I was listening to, I think it was the, the Low Post. And Kevin Arnovich was talking about they, they don't have any guys on their team, and they were talking about the Nets, that were drafted there um, that really played significant min- minutes besides Nicholas Claxton. So none of those guys really – there is no Nets culture, honestly. There's nothing. But if you look at the Celtics, they have – I think seven out of their eight rotation players were drafted there and they've been homegrown. They've been, they've been basically groomed to now become those role players. And eventually if those role players play well, they're going to want more money and then they're going to get signed by somebody else. So you, it's a continual process where you have to continue to draft guys and develop guys. And I heard uh, that there were people over in the Clippers, especially with this year, you have Kawhi injured, PG got injured a bit. And they're focusing on doing that as well, where they're able to – they're drafting guys and they're developing guys. Like any – even outside of sports, any business, you need to develop your talent. You don't want to have to find new people every year. It's like everybody's seasonal. <laughs> and that is not how you grow a culture where people care. So when people say like, uh, what is that? Uh, like the Miami Mafia and the Heat culture, like that means something to those people because a lot of those guys, they've been drafted there. They've been developed there. They made those players something that they didn't imagine that they could be. Like, and they do it all the time. Like Hassan Whiteside was drafted by the Kings, but he was developed by the Miami Heat. 
Duncan Robinson, developed by the Heat. Tyler Hero, developed by the Heat. Now, those guys weren't big-time players coming out of college. They weren't. And so the Heat have done this thing like Max Struess, Omer Yetzirah. Like, these guys have been developed. So that's part of Heat culture. And that's why that's why the Heat will always be relevant when it comes to basketball. They're always going to continue to draft. They're always going to continue to develop. And those guys, those diamonds in the rough, like, shoot, Duncan Robinson got paid. He got paid. Bam. Like, guys didn't know exactly what he would be, especially on offense. They've developed Bam into a really good player. Okay? Um, and now they have guys like Gabe Vincent. Like, who knew who he was? So – the Heat are going to put the pressure on uh, – they put the pressure on Atlanta and they smashed them, which was expected. Um, Phoenix beat the Pelicans. I think that that series was more surprising than not because you didn't suspect that the Pelicans would really put up that kind of a fight because you look at their record, you go, ah, you know, 10 seed, they had to go through the plane or whatnot. But remember, they got C.J. McCollum a little bit further on down the line in their season when they had already kind of fell back on their record. And C.J. McCollum is big time, like I talked about earlier. So uh, the Phoenix Suns, they showed up. I, I never thought that they would lose that series because they have been consistently really, really good all season. No matter who's in, who's out, they've been awesome all season. And so it's hard to have a team that's that consistent all the time. And part of that is obviously Chris Paul, because that's how good he is. He is someone that demands excellence. He he plays with this mentality like this could be my last game. He's a pit bull. He guards guys bigger than him, guys that are smaller than him, that are younger than him. But he figures it out like he comes out and he has the game where he has four points. And you go, hmm, that's interesting. And then some people who don't like Chris Paul, who think who may think he's overrated, not the best point guard, he goes, okay, watch this. He goes 14 for 14, drops 33 points, and reminds you, hey, guys, I'm Chris Paul. I'm still here. Yeah, I'm older, but I'm still awesome. I'm still great. That's why he's one of my favorite players all time. Chris Paul is just that dude. But we also saw if Devin Booker was out for an extended amount of time, like he missed an entire playoff series, the Suns would obviously be in trouble because he can't drop those great games every single night. Not anymore, right? We know his injury history. We know he's on the older side of things, right? He's been in the league for, what, 16 years? So nobody's going to be as great as they were when they were 25, 28. So Chris Paul is definitely one of the best players uh, as far as the point guard position is concerned. And, uh, yeah, that's why Phoenix was able to win that series uh, based on Chris Paul and him putting everybody in order and everybody knowing where to be. And he was really spoon-feeding everybody on that team when Devin Booker was out. Now, I think I touched on all of these. Oh, Philly? <sighs> Philly won Toronto. I mean, I, I never really thought that would be a series. Uh, I think I said six games and it went six. But 76ers got the dogs. They got the best players on the team out of both teams. And so they rose and they shone. And then Fred Van Vliet got injured. That's going to be tough to overcome. Now let's look at the next series. 
let's look at where we go from here as I pull up my NBA playoff bracket. Now, I'm really, really interested to see, and I think everybody is, what this Milwaukee and Boston series is going to look like. Because Chris Middleton is out indefinitely. We don't know when he'll be back. I think they said two weeks. That's the word that I'm hearing is two weeks. And clearly Boston is playing with a chip on their shoulder. They have something to prove. And everybody, Celtic pride is real at this point for Boston. Celtic pride, Celtic pride is real because they've got, those guys have been drafted there. They have been uh, developed there. They've been grown there. And they're kind of hitting their, their crescendo, right? Jason Tatum. I said week two weeks ago, I think, when I dropped the first live stream on the first round and my playoff picks all the way through, that Jason Tatum would have to show. He's knocking on the door to say, hey, I'm one of those great players. When you start talking about LeBron, when you start talking about Giannis and Kawhi and, and the Joker and the B, you got to include me in that conversation, straight up. I belong in that conversation. You got to bring me down. And through that first round against a Nets team that was the very sexy pick for a lot of people at the beginning of the year. And then even, even in the, when the playoffs started, they go, well, Kyrie is going to be able to play every game. You got Kevin Durant, who many people believe is the best player in the world. And maybe Ben Simmons comes back. I, I mean, if you were waiting on Ben Simmons, then I, I, feel, I feel sorry. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't know why. But I felt like Jason Tatum was going to take this playoffs and step up and show everybody, especially in that first series. And he did. And we can't forget about Jalen Brown. Because Jalen Brown is a very good player. He's not Jason Tatum, but he's a very good player who can make shots, who can create his own shot if he needs to. And he can take advantage of mismatches. He did that all series against the Nets. Oh, you got Seth Curry on me? Okay, guys, give me the ball, top of the key, clear out. Oh, you got Patty Mills on me? Okay, guys, give me the ball, top of the key, clear out. I got this. And those guys could do nothing with him. Now, going up against... Milwaukee, he may be able to do the same thing uh, because I don't think they're going to have Giannis on him because they don't usually put him on the best player. Um, Chris Middleton is out, and they're probably going to put Drew Holiday on Jason Tatum because he's their best defender. So it's going to be very interesting to see the matchups when it comes to uh, what Milwaukee has to offer. Man, I really wish Chris Middleton was back and was healthy. Um, I think Bobby Portis will see some time in that series because he's going to have to get on the boards. Um, they're going to try to take Brooke Lopez and take advantage of him, but they're going to need him in there because he's a big body because Robert Williams is a monster on the boards and in the paint on defense. Now, when I was making my picks a couple of weeks ago, this is the series that I had the most trouble with because I go, dang, if Robert Williams is not back, I cannot see myself picking the Celtics against Milwaukee. However, Robert Williams is back. And clearly the Boston Celtics are hitting their stride. They have been, I mean, 
they've been one of the they probably have been the best team in the league for a while now. I mean, since since the All-Star break, who's been better than the Celtics? I don't think anybody. So am I ready to pick the Celtics against the Bucks? <sighs> I think I'm gonna take that leap because they have all of their guys back. They have Robert Williams, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum is, is hooping, Marcus Smart. And Milwaukee doesn't look like the same Milwaukee from last year. And we also saw that they can kind of lay a little bit of an egg sometimes. Like when they played against uh when they played the Bulls in the first round, and they had that one game. I think the Bulls beat them by like 30. Uh you go, what what is what is this? Like this really should have been the sweep. There's no reason why why the Bulls should have won a game. Now, DeMar DeRozan went off. He went crazy. He dropped 41, I think it was. And he's really good, especially taking shots. And then you saw Milwaukee turn it on and go, oh, okay, yeah. You guys just aren't good enough. You're not big enough. You don't have enough. If Zach Levine is not, like, showing up and dropping 30 with DeMar DeRozan, it's just not going to be enough. It's just not. And they turned it on. Now, I don't think that they'll be able to get past the Boston Celtics without Chris Middleton because of his shot making, because of his uh, defense, because he can, he can spread the floor. He can get his own shot as well. He doesn't need anybody to spoon feed him. And Drew Holiday can lay some stinkers on offense. Defensively, he's always going to be there. He's always going to hoop. He's always going to show up. But offensively, sometimes Drew Holiday can come up a little bit small. He's kind of feast or famine. He's not necessarily that steady presence on the offensive end. Now, Giannis, not worried about him. He's going to show up. He's going to be a problem. But like we saw in the first round, Boston has a lot of guys, a lot of guys that they'll be able to throw at him. And they'll do it a lot like how they did the rant. Well, They'll have somebody on probably like Grant Williams. They'll probably put Horford on them, especially when you have a guy like Robert Williams behind them. And they're going to show him a lot of bodies. There's going to be a lot of help defense going on in Boston against the Milwaukee Bucks. A lot of help defense. And they're going to have to because Giannis is that good. That's why I picked them to get back to the finals. But that was fully healthy. So with that being said, I'll make my pick. I think I'm going to have to go. I'm going to go Boston in seven because they have all of their guys and they are clicking all cylinders. They are hat. They have a ton of confidence right now, too. So that's what I'm thinking with the Boston Celtics. Now, let's go to our other. Our other matchup in the East where we have Miami, Philadelphia. Now, I don't know how much time I have been on this one because Joel Embiid is out indefinitely uh, because of the orbital fracture in his face. That's unfortunate because without Joel Embiid, that team does not stand a chance. In my humble opinion, they don't stand a chance against Miami because Miami is going to bring the heat. I know that's cliche. I know that sounds... Funny, I know it's maybe even a little lame, but guess what? That's what they do. They turn the heat up on people. On defense, 
they get up in you. They held Trey Young to less than 10 points. Now, I'm not the biggest Trey Young supporter, but dude is supremely talented offensively. He just is. And they just kind of went out and said, okay, you're not going to be able to do any of that stuff. Just, just no. No, it's not happening. It's not happening. And with no MB, I mean, who's who's playing center now? I mean, are we gonna we're gonna have a uh let me look here. I love Tyrese Maxey, he's gonna hoop. Tobias Harris, eh, eh. He's a no-show sometimes. He played well in the first in the first series. Um, but are you gonna start like <laughs> Are you starting DeAndre Jordan at center? Oh my gosh. That's not going to be good at all. Um, I guess we'll see maybe Paul Millsap, some uh Paul Reed, 6'9 to 10. See, like I just don't see any answers for what for what they're losing, especially offensively, because Embiid is is a is a problem for everyone. He's that big. He's that skilled. He's that athletic. He is going to be a huge difference maker in any series against any team. He just is. Without him, you're trusting James Harden and Tyrese Maxey and uh, Matisse Thibel and, and Tobias Harris. Like, that's clearly not going to be enough. So if MB comes back, um, I don't know, in in probably like game three or some, something like that, I'm still picking Miami. I'll pick them in six. Um, if Embiid comes back, I'll pick them in six. If Embiid does not come back at all, I'll pick them in five. And I see James Harding melting down like he always does. He's going to be like the Wicked Witch from the West when she got rained on and the meltdown happens. So. That's what I see. Interesting. So let me reset. I'm live on the Wisdom app, talking about the second round of the playoffs. Live streaming on YouTube. If any there, anyone from Wisdom wants to go watch. And I'm making my picks. Doing a recap of the first round, recap of the second round, seeing what we're going to have happen. So I got Boston in seven games simply because Chris Middleton's out, and it's going to be tough for them to make up that deficit. Maybe Grayson Allen drops another great game. We'll see. And then I have Miami in five against Philly if Joel Embiid is not able to come back and play well. If he is, then I got the Heat in six. Because I just, I don't trust James Harden. I don't know how many times I got to say that. Now let's move over to the West. We're going to start with, wow, we have two great matchups here. I'll start with Dallas Phoenix. Because I think the next matchup, Golden State Memphis, is going to have a lot more to offer here. It's going to be close, though, honestly. Because I love Luka Doncic. That dude can just control the game. Now, some people will say that he's a liability on defense. Uh, I'm not going to say he's a liability. I'm not going to say he's any good either. I think that Luka is big. 
So that's going to make a difference. He's at least going to make it difficult for smaller guys. He's at least going to have some resistance for bigger guys. But also, if you look at Phoenix team, they're not a big team in terms of, like, girth. Like So they have DeAndre Ayton, who is very good, very skilled. But honestly, he likes to play on the perimeter. He likes to shoot jump shots. He likes to do turnaround jumpers. I mean, and that's cool if you're making them. Uh, but I, but that's not going to be able to, to, like, punish anybody on the inside. So I think this is not not a bad matchup for Dallas, honestly. Um, I mean, they got I mean, JaVale McGee is tall. But again, not a big guy. He'll be able to create space against JaVale McGee and against Biombo. I mean, Aiden is he's he's got good size. He's what, 250? They got him listed as DeAndre Aiden, 6'11, 250. That's what they got him listed as on basketball reference. So obviously, that may be where some trouble is. Uh, they said that Luca is the best player against opposing teams five or center, the best at attacking that mismatch. That's going to be huge. Um, but I, I don't think he'll need to get on him because Bridges is too small. Paul is too small. So I think Doncic will have his way now. Is Denwe going to show up? Is Maxi Kleber going to hit shots? He is um, – I mean, will we see another? Will we have another Bertan sighting? I mean, he came through and, and hit some shots in that one game where uh, Maxi Kleber fouled a lot. Uh, Finney Smith, Dwight Powell, it's going to be about those guys. And we cannot forget about Jalen Brunson, who I'm so glad he was able to like really break out this series because he was a baller at Villanova. He got two NCAA championships. And so I'm like, yeah, this dude is good. What are we talking about? And he's very skilled, a very good point guard at getting – he's good at getting other people involved. And then he's also good at getting his own shot. We see it when he dropped 41. So this is going to be one of those series where he's going to have to show up as well. And you kind of – you started to see how Jalen Brunson and Luka could play together where both of them are able to be aggressive. That's what they're going to need because Phoenix is so so steady and they're so good. They're so good. And, again, injuries, Devin Booker. Hamstrings don't go away that easily. They don't go away that quickly. Hamstrings are tough. I had a hamstring injury before playing softball. I was running the first. It was kind of cold outside. And, whoop, I pulled it. And, you know, right away it's like, up, oh, I'm out. I'm out. Now, obviously, I didn't have – NBA resources when I wasn't able to to come back quickly, uh, but hamstrings and injuries are tough. So we'll see how much Booker is going to play, how much he'll be able to really contribute, how much of himself he can actually be, which I think that's going to be difficult. I honestly think that is going to be difficult because, again, like I said, hamstring injuries are difficult. And they only beat the Pelicans by six points in that last game. And so the Pelicans were really pesky. How many, how many minutes did he play? 
Devin Booker played 32 minutes. He was 5 of 12. So, I mean, he was okay. He was 1 for 6 from 3. Plus minus was plus 9. He had 13 points. So, obviously, not the Devin Booker that we're used to. But he'll be back. He'll be fine. It's going to be tough, though. So, for this series, again, Phoenix has been so steady. They've been so consistently very good, no matter who's playing. And so I'm going to pick Phoenix in the knockdown, dragout, seven-game series where Luka again shows up but doesn't have enough to get it done. I think it'll be like a two-and-a-half stars against a one-and-a-half where you got Chris Paul and Devin Booker, obviously stars. And then you got DeAndre Ayton, who's on his way against Luka and kind of a half star in Jalen Brunson and maybe a half star, a quarter of a star in Spencer Dinwiddie. I think those guys are good. They're not stars, though. Sorry, they're not stars. But if they play really well and Booker is out, then obviously I would pick Dallas. So I think that that hamstring will get better as the series goes along. He'll be able to play more minutes. He'll be able to be back to himself, Devin Booker, the flat-out score that he is. And I think Dallas is going to lose that game, but they're going to look good doing it. Now let's talk about our last series here. And that's going to be Golden State and Memphis. This series has the makings of something very special. Very, very special. And that's obviously because of the stars in the series. You got Steph Curry, who is obviously amazing. Now, he's also coming off injury. I mean, wow, man, so many injuries, either before the playoffs or during the playoffs. And it's just been one round. Like, there's going to be someone who gets injured or his injury lingers more, like NB, Chris Middleton, already seeing those, that's going to change series. It's going to change the outcome of the series. Because Chris Middleton and Embiid are very, very integral parts of their team. Devin Booker is coming back from an injury, but we don't know how much he's going to be able to do right away. Again, he didn't have a, a great game the first one back, but I'm pretty sure he'll be better as he goes along. But Golden State Memphis, man, this guy, this series is gonna be this series is gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. And I, I was really hoping, and I really I mean, I think everybody kind of figured we'd get this matchup where you go look at this Grizzlies team. You got John Morant who is headhunting at all times. He is looking to dunk all over people. And he is so quick, he's so fast, he's so crafty. And I love how he's able to get his teammates involved, especially when the other team is making it very, very difficult for him. So John Morant is obviously going to be a star. He's going to do his thing. Like, don't worry about Ja. If he can hit shots, I mean, I mean, it's really going to be tough sledding. But the guys that, again, you got to pay attention to, is Jaron Jackson going to show up and stop hacking people? He fouls so much it really can take them out of games because his defense is impeccable. And we saw, look, Memphis got 
two 25-point leads on them. You don't do that just by by happens chance. Like the Grizzlies have some times where they're gonna look very ugly. And a lot of that happens when Jaron Jackson Jr. is out because he fouls too much. So he's got to be able to stay in the game against these guys. Because they need they're gonna have they're gonna need all hands on deck. All hands on deck if you want to beat the Warriors. Because we saw the same thing in the first series where they just absolutely destroyed the Nuggets. They outplayed them. It just didn't even look close. And you needed an an amazing historic game about a Joker for them to get one, which I thought that he would do. I thought the Joker would at least get them one game, and he did. But Jaron Jackson Jr. has to stay on the floor. Desmond Bain has to be aggressive. He has to be a threat at all times, which, I mean, I believe he will because he's that good. I mean, he's not just a 3 and D guy. Desmond Bain is a hooper. Like, he'll be able to put the ball on the floor and go at those guys. Now, now we got to look at our matchups here because you got Klay Thompson, who's starting around back in the form and look like Klay Thompson. He's running off screens and he's pulling up at all times now, which we didn't. He was kind of hit or miss at the regular season when he came back. It's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. So, Clay Thompson's obviously going to be important, especially on the defensive end. Draymond Green is clearly going to do his thing because, I mean, it's Draymond Green. Like, there's not a, a ton else to say about what he can do. Uh, he'll be able to get everybody involved. Those back screens, those back cuts, those DHOs, triple handoffs, they're going to be amazing. And Memphis, they can't have those lulls like they did against uh, Minnesota because the the 70, not the 70, the Golden State Warriors are going to put the foot on their neck. And they, you, you know how they come out in the third quarter with a freaking avalanche of everything they've got. So that's going to be very important that Memphis doesn't have these laws and I don't look like that team that dropped two games to the Minnesota Timberwolves because Jordan Poole is pulling up. Um, Gary Payton is probably going to see some time on on uh, John Morant as well. Andrew Wiggins is going to get the assignment. They're going to put those guys on him to, to bother him. Uh, there's going to be a lot of help defense on him because sometimes they will have uh, guys that are not shooters on the floor like jaron jackson jr is not a shooter if they play stephen adams he's not a shooter um i mean you're not scared of kyle anderson shot brandon clark not a shooter so though whoever's guarding those guys which is probably gonna be draymond green they're gonna be able to help off of him and they're gonna try to clog the lane for john moran and make him shoot he's gonna have to 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 make jump shots and floaters He's gonna have to find his other guys when they do him. Um, Steph Curry. I hadn't talked about Steph Curry much, but Steph Curry is gonna be amazing. It's kind of good that he got that that injury in the season. It gave him some time off. Now, Steph Curry is not like old by any means. He was born in '88, so he's a year older than I am. Uh, so Steph Curry is. He, he he could use that time away, that time off. And the injury, it kind of gave it to him. 
and he's been awesome since he's been back. Now, he's not like by Steph Curry standards, which is just clearly historic and amazing. He has now just been good. That's crazy how high the bar he set. That bar is set incredibly high. And so Steph Curry is going to do Steph Curry things. I trust that he'll be able to take shots and make shots. And then when they help, because Memphis is, it can be pesky too. Uh, Bain's going to get up in there. Uh, De'Anthony Melton's going to have to guard uh, Steph Curry some, I believe. They'll put long guys on them. Zaire Williams got some time. Um, Dylan Brooks is probably going to get the first crack at it. And those guys are going to get up in his airspace. But, man, it's going to be tough to guard Steph Curry with those other guys flying around. Because when you got Draymond, you got uh, Poole, Clay, Wiggins. What were they trying to call that that new lineup? Poole, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Steph? I think they were saying like pool party or something. I think the names are, are still being worked out. But these guys and how they move off the ball and how they're able to distribute to one another. Because they all are good passers too. Like, obviously, Draymond is a great passer. Steph is a great passer. But Poole is a passer, too. He can swing that ball around. So it's going to be interesting to see how Memphis guards them. I don't think they have enough experience. I don't think they have enough, um, I don't know, guys. I just, I don't, I think Golden State is more talented. And they have more experience. And so... That's going to be the big difference. Now, if we look at the matchups, okay. The last matchup they had was March 28th, and the Grizzlies beat them by a lot, 28. They also had a matchup in January where the Grizzlies beat them by eight. So the Grizzlies ain't no punk. They also beat them in December. The uh, The Warriors won that matchup. It's close to Christmas Day. Um. Obviously, the Grizzlies are going to be in a problem, and they're going to be very good. But this Golden State team's got a lot of experience. They have their 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 fair share of youth as well. And Kaminga, who I think will, I think he's going to play more as the playoffs go along because they're going to want him to get that experience. Him and Moody as well. Uh, they have Otto Porter, who's been in the league, who's been around, but. 3 and D. He'll make open shots and he'll play good defense. Um, obviously, I got to make a pick. And I'm picking Golden State in seven. And I believe that was my pick earlier on uh, a couple of weeks ago when I did the first drop live stream. So I've got Golden State in seven games. And I think that's going to be the most exciting series. Hopefully Middleton comes back. That 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 Boston Milwaukee series is going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. So just to recap our second round here, I got Boston in seven against Milwaukee. I got Golden State in seven against Memphis. I've got Miami in six. If Embiid comes back, I got Miami in five. If he doesn't. And then I got 
Phoenix in seven. Ooh, man, I, honestly, I want to pick Dallas, but I can't. I think Phoenix is just too good. They're too consistently good across the board at all times. They just do really well. And so I, I don't, I can't pick against that. I think they're on that kind of road to revenge. Remember when the Spurs lost to the Heat and then they came back the next year and it was just like, get out of our way, we're winning the title. Phillies, I mean, not Philly. Phoenix has a lot of that in them right now. So it'll be interesting to see. The playoffs have been awesome so far. We had a lot of six-game series. Uh, no sevens. Uh, but we had some six-game series. We had some pretty good stuff that we've seen so far. But this next round, I mean, I, I really feel like there's only one that could be a dud. Nice. There's only one that could be a dud, and that's that Philly-Miami series. If those guys don't come out and hoop, I think Philly could get ran off the floor. Because they don't have enough defense to really take advantage of Miami's poor offense at times. And, again, if Embiid is not there, they're not going to be able to take advantage of, of Miami's – I mean, I think their front court is, is not that big either. I mean, they got Bam. But after that, who's the next big guy on the Heat? Dwayne Dedman, you're not scared of him, right? Uh, P.J. Tucker is not a big guy. I mean, he's big, like, sideways, but he's not, like, a tall guy. Like, So, yeah, they don't have any huge people. They got scrappy guys. They don't got big guys. And B would, would, would do some damage in the series, but we'll see when he comes back. So before I get out of here, I'm going to pick like a swing guy in every series. And obviously, um, some of these series have some injuries that will be big swings. Like Middleton is obviously going to be the swing guy in, in the Milwaukee series because if he's not there, they're not going to win. They're just not. But if he's out, then I think a guy that's going to be very important, and we saw him in another game, it's going to be a guy like Grayson Allen because he has big game experience. I mean, he played at Duke. Um, there was a lot of pressure on him there as well. Uh, I'm pulling up Milwaukee's roster right now. I mean, who? I'm, Drew Holiday is going to have a lot of pressure on him. A lot of pressure. So if Middleton's out, I'm saying Drew Holiday because he's got to step up and score like Chris Middleton did. And I don't know if he can do that. He don't have a bag. Like like Middleton, not consistently. Like some days he's feeling real frisky and he can get after it. But Chris Middleton can go, okay, let me turn it on. Let me start making some shots. Let me put somebody in the post. Uh, let me make some jump shots. So that swing guy is going to be Drew Holiday in that first series. Uh, my swing guy in the Memphis series is going to be Desmond Bain. It's going to be Desmond Bain because if he can play like kind of a second offensive star next to John Morant, that's going to then put some pressure on uh, the Golden State Warriors. And Desmond Bain is good. But now the second round of the playoffs, you're playing the Golden State Warriors who have a lot of experience, been here, done this. And so we'll see. Desmond Bain is my swing guy. If he could be like a 25-a-night guy, that is going to put some real pressure on the Golden State Warriors because they got dang they got three guys that could drop 20 and if Wiggins is feeling good 
I mean, you could kind of forget it. Memphis is going to have to keep up. Desmond Bain's my second guy. Now, my my swing player in the Philadelphia series, especially because Embiid is out. Let me pull up my wonderful Philadelphia 76ers roster here. It's going to be, woo. I mean, the easy, the easy answer is James Harden. Uh, I think Tyrese Maxey is going to hoop. He can't be, I don't think he can be a swing guy because he's going to be good. I'm not questioning him. I don't, he's going to be fine. (sighs) Whoever's in the middle, I think a guy like Paul Reed is going to play. He's going to play a lot in this series. Is Paul Reed my swing guy? That's weird. I mean, because DeAndre DeAndre Jordan is not going to be very good. Paul Reed is my swing guy. He's my swing guy. He's going to have to give them some great minutes in the middle. He's going to have to do some things with him beat out. Somebody is. And then Bam is going to just wreck shop. So I'm going to make Paul Reed. That's my swing guy, Paul Reed. I still think Miami is going to win. Either way, it doesn't matter. Paul Reed's my swing guy. And for my swing guy in the Dallas Phoenix series, now it's easy to say that, again, Devin Booker and his injury, uh, without him, it's going to be tough. Uh, it's easy to look at a guy like Chris Paul. Is he going to show up and be like super Superman every night? Uh, I don't know. None of us know, obviously. And then you look at the other side and you go Dallas and Luca's going to show up. Luca is going to show up and he's going to ball. He's going to be very efficient doing it. Um, my swing guy who in this guy showed up and I talked about him earlier is going to be Jalen Brunson for that series. Because much like Memphis, who has their one star, you got to have that second guy that's going to show up every night and drop 25 a night too. Because just Luka doing it is not going to be enough for them to pull the series out. And just Ja doing it is not going to be enough for them to pull the series out. So for them to be able to win, I think Jalen Brunson has to play great alongside Luka Doncic. Now those other guys will come in and they'll make shots. I mean, Kleber will make shots, I believe, because that's what he does. Finney Smith is going to show up. He's going to do his job. He's going to defend. He's going to make shots. Um, Reggie Bullock's going to defend. He's going to make shots. But I just don't see, like, the higher-end talent with this team as far as matching them up against Phoenix Suns. Because they – okay, you got Chris Paul. You got Mikael Bridges. Uh, Jay Crowder makes shots and plays great defense. Cam Johnson is somebody that I really like with – his size, how he competes, and he is a shooter. He's a flat-out shooter. He's kind of like what Mikael Bridges was before. Obviously not as good on defense. But you go, okay, this is a 3 and D kind of guy. And Mikael Bridges is showing, like, I got a little bit more to my game than just that. Same thing with Desmond Bain. So I think Cam Johnson is kind of coming into that as well. Um, they got DeAndre Ayton. We've seen campaign take over some playoff games. We saw last year. So we'll see what happens with them. Uh, they also got guys like Tory Craig and Aaron Holiday who don't play but who can contribute. So I think that is um, that will put us in the conference finals with Phoenix 
in Golden State, which I believe everybody is kind of expecting, and Miami and Boston, which is a little bit of a flip from what I had before because Chris Middleton wasn't out. And I take Boston over Miami. They just got too much firepower on their team. I like them more uh, balance-wise, offensively and defensively, because Miami has trouble scoring the basketball at times, and Boston has the defense to make that to make that ring true a lot more. And they also have the offense to make them pay for not scoring. So I would have Boston actually making it to the finals. And out of Golden State and and Phoenix, I just, I mean, I just like Phoenix more. Again, they're consistently great all the time. But we'll see what happens with Devin Booker. Obviously, we'll see what happens with injuries. If there are injuries that happen, then, like, you know, the pick that you made is, is almost no longer valid because things have changed. The landscape has changed. Like, when guys go out, that makes a big difference. So I would have Phoenix and Boston in the finals. That would be very interesting. I honestly would pick Boston because when you have two wings that are huge and that can play make that can get their own shot, that can create for others at least a little bit. You got Marcus Smart, who's going to hound everybody on that Phoenix roster. I don't think they have enough guys to make them pay. Like, okay, Chris Paul is good. Devin Booker's good. But ain't nobody else really, like, going after people on that Phoenix team. So I would have Boston going all the way as it stands right now. Obviously, injuries are going to make a difference. And uh, we'll see how the second round plays out. We'll see how the second round plays out. I think it's going to be very exciting. And I think it has a lot to offer. And some some guys are going to step up. And some guys are going to shrink. So that's going to be all for me this time here. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a great, great NBA playoffs as it has been so far. This is your host, Tony Rambles, signing off on YouTube, our live stream of the NBA second round. And I will see you all in the next round.